Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first Focus on Customer Service podcast. We're so excited to have you join us, and it's going to be a great show. My name is Dan Gingas, and I'm here with my British friend, Dan Moriarty. That's how you're going to tell the Dans apart. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm good, Dan. How are you? I am doing great. Very excited to get this started. We've been talking about this for a while. Absolutely, absolutely. Just so everyone knows, Dan and I met probably about a year ago and have really bonded over this idea of social customer service. And it's something we both work in professionally and we're very passionate about personally. And the idea of this podcast probably came about three months ago and we've been toying it for a while and now we're taking the jump. So super excited to be here. And our goal really is to learn from other brands that we think are doing this really well, to learn for ourselves, but also to share with all of you and and hopefully increase the overall competency of the industry in the social care space. So one of the cool things about this podcast is that the brands that we feature are going to be nominated by you, our listeners, on Twitter. So here's how you do that. We have a hashtag. It's F-O-C-S, hashtag F-O-C-S, which conveniently sort of spells focus and stands for focus on customer service. And if you use that hashtag and you send us brands that you think are killing it on social media in the customer service area, we will reach out to them and feature them on a future podcast. So since it's our first podcast today, uh, Dan and I decided that we would do the first nomination, and we have nominated Whole Foods Market, and we are so happy today to have Natanya Anderson, who is the Global Director of Social Media, CRM, and Customer Service for Whole Foods Market. She's based in Austin, Texas, and she's responsible for planning and executing social media, email, and other digital communication programs both on marketing and customer service sides of the business, so that'll be interesting to talk with her about. And what makes her role particularly unique is that Whole Foods has more than 700 different social media channels. You heard me right, that was 700 channels. So please welcome to the show our very first guest, Natanya Anderson. Natanya, thanks so much for being here. Absolutely, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And Natanya, that's quite an impressive title. Well, I keep trying to figure out how to make it shorter and combine it into something that everybody will recognize, but I don't think we're there right now, so I just spell it out. I say, what about Global Director SMC&C? (laughs) Shorten it up a little bit. Well, as Dan said, I really, really appreciate you joining us and kind of jumping into the questioning. We'd really love to kind of understand Whole Foods' philosophy towards customer service the role that you see it playing both in marketing efforts, but also in the larger business and and the importance that you place on it within your company. One of the things about customer service at Whole Foods that I think is a differentiator and an opportunity for us is that we think of it from a customer experience perspective. And so we really want to put the customer at the center of everything customer service related, including things like how we judge our efficacy how we think about optimization and productivity models. So when we're thinking about how are we judging our efforts around workflow, productivity, it's not so that we can get more calls or more resolutions faster, but instead, how are we doing those things because they create better customer outcomes, which is a little bit of a shift, I think, sometimes from the ways that that some folks think about service. And so I only want to make something better, faster, stronger it benefits the customer. And that's how we really think about it is what are we doing for the customer 
from every piece of data we collect to every workflow to every intake is all about being customer centric to the point that we're working with our customer experience and user experience partners to really craft what the whole customer journey is through care. And I think what this means for us is a couple things. In an increasingly competitive space that is grocery, both brick and mortar and online, differentiation is really important. And at Whole Foods, we, of course, differentiate ourselves by quality standards and the types of foods that we carry and in many cases don't carry. But I see this as another place for us to really stand out for our customers to think, I'm going to get the best possible service at Whole Foods. And if we think about then how that moves to to impact our marketing efforts, the, the phrase that I use when I think about it is being advocacy worthy. I want people to have such great experiences with our customer care team that they want to tell other people about how great the care was and how much that makes them then an advocate for Whole Foods Market, which has a real word of mouth marketing benefit. So we really want to think about how we turn these one-on-one engagements into more than care and make them the creation of advocates for our brand. So you're a true believer of the maxim that customer service is the new marketing. Oh, I absolutely am. In some ways, it's funny because it's a little bit of the old marketing because we've always known that that word of mouth is one of the strongest marketing plays out there. And of course, social then made it just really easy for there to be a lot of people talking about your brand. And so if we go back to the fact that individual recommendations and the opinions of your friends and family count more than any commercial or even tweet or Facebook post you're ever going to see, then all along, customer service has been marketing. I just think that finally it's getting its due. Absolutely. And I know Dan and I both agree heavily with that. You said something to Tanya I found really interesting about creating better customer outcomes. Is that your guys' customer focus in your team or is that an overall company focus you're able to align behind? It's absolutely an overall company focus. When you look at the culture of Whole Foods Market, it's inherently customer-centric When you look at our mission statement, when you look at our core values, the customer is at the center of everything that we do. And so in some ways, it makes it a little bit easier for us because I'm aligning with a cultural mindset and not necessarily trying to change the cultural mindset, which is if we go back to the idea of how many social channels we have similarly aligned in that we really want to create a lot of opportunities for our stores and our team members to connect with our customers. And so that's one of the reasons we've been able to deploy social the way that we have. And similarly, then, as as we look at care, we're aligned with cultural mindset, which makes it a lot easier. Mm, yeah, that's, that's something I seem to hear quite a lot is when a company has an overall mission that's geared towards the purpose of customer care, it gets a lot easier to roll out social care throughout the organization. So, Tanya, tell us a little bit about your day-to-day role, because you obviously spend a lot of time on this, and and particularly the social customer service piece of it. What does your day look like? So I'm lucky enough to have some really incredible teams that are responsible for engaging with customers on a daily basis. And so what I do day-to-day is try to figure out how to make their lives better so that they can then in turn have better engagements with our customers. So the social media moderation team who is responsible for social care specifically reports to me and I work with their team leader on an ongoing basis to understand the nature of the care problems that are coming into social, but then also how we continue to handle the volume, how we continue to handle the unique nature of social in that it's care out loud, which I'm a big fan of. And then the rest of the the global customer care team also reports to me. 
So I'm constantly thinking about how are those two groups working together and what does the customer journey look like? So then when it is time to transition someone from social care because it's just a really big conversation that needs to be had, there's personal information involved, how do we make that handoff and make it feel like an invitation from the social spaces into a different engagement space? And how do we make that seamless? And then bigger picture, how are we understanding the trends, both from just a sheer volume, how much care are we getting, and how is that changing across channels as our customer base changes? But then also, are there certain care issues that we get more of in one channel or another so that we can make the teams better prepared to handle those cases? And then, of course, always thinking about the inevitable crisis situation, recalls and other things that are just part of care and how we handle that across omnichannel care with the uniqueness that is social media. Awesome. And just a reminder for anyone listening, if you have any questions about anything Natanya said, hashtag F-O-C-S. I'm sure Natanya will be keeping an eye on it, as will Dan and I, so we'll make sure those questions get answered. Natanya, Dan said at the start about how Whole Foods has over 700 social platforms beneath the brand and the properties. And so I'm just wondering a little bit about how you keep those all organized and whether you, your central team, is actually responsible for customer care across all of those or if you just manage the central brand ones and you've had to let your properties take care of the local piece? Sure. So my central team has two key responsibilities as it relates to social, including care. The first is to manage our brand channels. And so we're responsible for all of the posting and all of the, the social care that comes in through those brand channels. And then secondarily, we're here to enable all of the owners of the rest of those channels. If you look at the, the channels that we have, only six or eight are handled by my team. Now, granted, they're the biggest ones. We have over 4 million Twitter followers, which is a lot of where our care comes in. I think a million and a half Facebook fans. And so when you look at all of the rest of the channels that are local, their footprints are much smaller. So while we only have a handful of channels, we have the preponderance of the audience. But the reality is that social care questions come in at every level of our social footprint. And so what we try to do is create an enablement strategy for our hyper-local partners at the store and the city level so that they understand philosophically how to address social care. And that includes things like how often to watch the channels and understanding the expectations of customers for how fast they get responses in social care, because we know that those are very different than email and phone and, and other channels, helping them understand when they may need to pass something to us because we have more resources, we have more time. And we can certainly, we do lots of handoffs out in public in, in the social channels. And so one of the store Twitter handles may say to us, Hey, at Whole Foods, can you help with this? Because it's a broader question. So how do we help them understand when it's time to hand off even within the social space? And then quite frankly, how do we help them understand when sometimes engagement after a certain point with a customer maybe isn't the right thing to do because we're not necessarily going to give them an answer, particularly if they want things from us, like, please don't ever carry meat in your stores. That's not something that we can ever provide a satisfactory answer to someone to because it would be a fundamental change in our business. And so we really try to enable them and give them tools so that they know how to engage with customers and also make it really easy for them to hand off to us. And then the other thing that we do is we will hand off to them. So we field a lot of questions at the brand level that the stores are better equipped to answer, often relating to events and products that they carry. And so we also 
tee them up to be ready to take customer handoffs from us. And we like to do that out loud in public. We like to honor the channel that the customer came to us in for as long as we possibly can. And so it's really about creating toolkits and guidance and best practices and then celebrating the wins so that those folks who are out at the store level have what they need to be successful in those social customer engagements. And how do you maintain consistency or do you try to maintain consistency across all of those people? Because you you clearly must have a pretty in-depth training program. I'm assuming that you do some sort of monitoring. Is consistency something that you're looking for or is really the local flavor more emphasized? The local flavor is absolutely more emphasized. And once again, that's a function of our culture as a whole. So if you've ever been into two Whole Foods Market stores, you will find that they are not the same. They don't look the same. They don't necessarily have the same product set. They have different, what we call venues, the little restaurants that you can eat in. Some have wine bars and and beer bars and some do not. And so if you think about our business, the place where we emphasize consistency is around things like our quality standards, our animal welfare standards, our seafood standards, things that are really core to the business. And then what we do is we empower those local stores to connect with their community and really be a co-created space. And that includes everything from how the, the store is organized and the products it carries to the events that they hold. And we train our team members in the stores how to engage with customers, but really we trust them to understand when it's important to be consistent around some of those very big tenants of our business around standards. But then they may choose to communicate a little bit differently with the customers about favorite beers or events or produce We take a mirrored approach to that in social because it fits with our company culture. And if I tried to do something different, it would create almost cognitive dissonance for the stores. If we said to them, when you're talking to your customers, we empower you and we ask you to focus on the big consistencies and all of the little nuances are yours. And if I tried to say we have to be 100% consistent in social all the time, it just wouldn't work. So we play off of the cultural priorities for consistency And really then that local flavor that's so unique. And it's one of the reasons I think we can actually have so many local channels because we actually have unique local voices and unique local stories to tell. If we had over 700 accounts telling the same stories every day, it would be pretty boring. And I don't know that it would create an impetus for customers to engage with us at the local level. And one quick question on the local level. So you've got hundreds of handles, obviously, but do you have a sense of how many individuals are actually have a hand in responding at that local level? Our guess is about 1,500 across the organization because there's a couple per store. There are folks at the regional level. And, of course, the other thing that happens is Whole Foods Market's full of experts. We have some significant number of certified cheese professionals. I can't remember it off the top of my head and don't want to misspeak. We have our butchers and our fishmongers who can tell you how to select and cook fish and meat better than probably anyone. And so we also try to engage them when appropriate. So there's a pretty broad group of people who are responsible for the contributions to the social channels in varying ways. So with those 1,500 people, how do you make sure they're trained, that they know the company direction? And and maybe it's a too basic example, but the example of not engaging around questions on meat. How do you make sure all 1,500 of those kind of know where the barriers are and where the safe zone is to play in? So we use a train-the-trainer model at two different levels. We have someone in all of our regions. We're divided up into 12 regions as an organization. 
who's responsible for digital marketing, which includes both social media and email. And they're really an extension of my team. And we work on a daily basis with them to be sure that they know just about everything my team knows in terms of expertise around publishing and engagement and best practices. And then those folks work with a position that we have in our regional store, in our local stores called the local store marketer. It's actually a position, someone in the store responsible for marketing the stores. Some of our biggest stores actually have more than one. And these are the folks who do everything from setting up events to, to working with our sign makers to create really cool displays. And so those are then the local store marketing experts. And we look to our regional teams to train them. And those are really the folks where we, we focus on, should you engage? How do you engage? And then they work with the specialists in the stores respectively. And so a lot of times we don't necessarily have the fishmonger posting on Facebook, but we have the fishmonger being a content expert to share into the process for that content to get posted on Facebook. And so it has to, for an organization of our size, it has to be a trickle down, but my team is always 100% available to anyone. So if they have any issues at all and something comes up, there's someone that they can get a hold of just about every hour of the day so that we can do our best to prevent something from getting too big too quickly. And one of the realities is that most businesses don't approach social the way that we do. So a lot of our customers want to come to the brand, particularly if they're in a place where they're, they're not happy for some reason or another. So the other thing that we found is that the preponderance of the difficult conversations typically come to my team. And then when those difficult conversations are instead at the local level, we have a whole support system in place for those folks to try to make that as manageable as possible. Cool. And Natanya, you mentioned before about response time. Can you tell me a little bit about how that plays into your strategy and what your customers' expectations are for response time, both at the local level and at the brand level? Absolutely. And, and I'll be candid and say that at the brand level, it's easier because I have a team purpose-built for social media. And that's all that they do every day. We have partnerships to help make managing our channels easier just from a, a sheer volume perspective. And so I tend to focus a lot of my energies on the brand level, just because that's where the preponderance of the questions come in. And so we work really hard to have a 15 minute first response SLA. That doesn't mean that I can solve your problem in 15 minutes, but I want to acknowledge your problem in 15 minutes or your question or your testimonial. It's not always about problems. We have a lot of fun engaging with our customers. So we shoot for 15 minutes during business hours. And then just from a practical standpoint, overnight, early morning, we shoot for about an hour and we found that that's okay, that our customers are okay with understanding that the stores are closed and it's two o'clock in the morning and probably we're not going to get back to them quite as quickly as we would were at two o'clock in the afternoon when the store is open. And we're continually monitoring that and trying to understand the ebb and flow that comes with seasonality, just like you see tra foot traffic in the business, you see ebbs and flows. And of course, when there are big issues, if there's a recall, or there's some news that's come out that's about our brand, our ability to hit that 15-minute SLA may fluctuate a little bit. So we, we tend to try to judge our efficacy on a weekly or a monthly basis just to be a little bit practical. And then with the stores, what we do is we work hard to help them understand the kinds of questions that are coming in. We try to use data to help them see the questions that are being asked and to also let them know if for whatever reason they're not keeping up with customer expectations. What typically happens is the customers then come to the brand. And then we try to sit down and say, okay, you've had 
some customer engagement opportunities where you may not have responded fast enough. How can we help you? And, but really the expectation there is that they're keeping tabs on what's happening, but social is a tiny part of a broader job that they're doing there. And so we're a little bit more flexible relative to response times and SLAs. And do you see, and this is more out of, out of interest, I don't know if you have any data for this, but do you see whether or not consumers understand your point about how you have a dedicated team at the brand level so can respond quicker than the local stores can? Do you see more patience at the local store level or do you see that consumers just see you as a brand and expect the same regardless of where they post? I will say that the consumers just see us as a brand. Yeah. And I think that, and this is one of the things that we're constantly working on when there's this desire to open up a new channel. You know, from my perspective, every social media channel you open is a channel for care. Like, I think we all know if you do this at, at all, that the care question is going to come in every single place it possibly can. And so that's one of the, the conversations that we have when we're talking about where we potentially need additional local channels is what's the local volume to handle them because customers don't differentiate. I think that their expectation is when you plant a flag and say, hi, I'm here in social and I want to engage with you, that you respond in a timely manner. And I don't think they differentiate a store from the brand because they don't really understand how we're organized, nor quite frankly, should they have to, to get what they're looking for. I think you've just given us the quote of the podcast with every social media channel you open as a channel for care. <laughs> that was oh, that's perfect. And then I was just wondering, so obviously, I mean, you guys have a really good handle on this handle, ironically, <laughs> compared, compared, to, compared to a lot of brands. So I was just wondering, for those out there listening that want to build something similar to what you guys have done, the scale that you have to think about and the complexity, what advice do you wish you could give yourself back when you were kind of starting down this journey based on what you know now? So I think there's a couple of things. The first is to really let your customers guide you to understand the kind of engagements that they want to have. I didn't wake up one morning and say, you know what, we should be doing care and Twitter. But instead, what we did was look at the direction and the kinds of engagements our customers were having across channels. And we started to say, hey, we're getting a lot more questions on Twitter and Twitter is really trending towards care. And it doesn't mean that we don't have market engagement there as well. But what our customers were telling us is this is a channel that they really enjoyed for getting a lot of their questions answered. And so we responded to them. And, you know, similarly, we had other channels that at some point we had to ask ourselves, we had a, a beat Facebook page and we had a cheese Facebook page. And especially with them, the changes in Facebook, we had to say to ourselves, What's the ROI of these channels, not just from a marketing point of view, but from the care creation and the monitoring that went on there? And so going back to that, that idea that every channel you open up is a channel for care, then sometimes you have to ask yourself, does this channel still need to be open? Particularly if ROI calculation isn't just about marketing efficacy, but about cost and efficacy for care and being ready to not necessarily be in every channel and... So part of it is let your customers guide you. Part of it is making care part of your strategy for every single channel that you're in. Even if it turns out that you're going to make a choice to not do a lot of care in that channel, you still have to consider it as an intake channel. And I think the other thing, too, is to be kind to yourself and to set customer expectations in support of that. When we first started, we were really clear in our about pages in our sort of channel bios, the hours that we were managing the channels. And so we were clear that originally at Twitter, it was 8.30 to 5.30 Monday through Friday. 
We've since changed that expectation, but I think customers would rather know what the expectation is than not, because it, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be happy with the expectation, but at least you've set your team up to succeed. And then by taking sort of a, a pilot approach, you don't have to be on 24-7, 365 to get good data. Then you can start to understand what it's going to take to manage that channel long term. So don't feel like you have to go out the door with these crazy SLAs and 24-7 care, because that can be really daunting and you might not be able to get the funding that you need for it. But then when you are piloting care, understanding what your measurement is up front to know when you're saying to, to someone, whether it's as part of a budgeting process or a hiring process, I need more, how are you justifying the more? So understanding from the very beginning, what's the role that social care plays in either your broader marketing strategy or your broader care strategy so that you can wrap it into the KPIs that you create and the measurement that you create so you can justify the work that you're doing when you're going to eventually have to ask for more support. And I think the last piece is at Whole Foods, we're very specific about our team members engaging with our customers in social. That doesn't mean, though, that partnerships can't help you achieve scale. And so for a long time, we just had a partner who was listening for us and would escalate. Over time, we've been able to create a really great working relationship with them to the point that they know how to respond to certain kinds of content or certain kind of engagements on behalf of the brand. And so I think that that don't be afraid to look to partners for scale, even if you scale your relationship with them long term. They don't have to do everything for you. So I wouldn't be afraid to, to look at those solutions. Fantastic words of wisdom from... Natanya Anderson at Whole Foods. If you want to follow her on Twitter, she's at Natanya P. Whole Foods, of course, is at Whole Foods. And Natanya, what do you like to tweet about personally when you are not talking about Whole Foods? I'm all about the food when I'm not talking about Whole Foods. <laughs> I'm a sometimes food blogger, and I'm really lucky enough to live in Austin, Texas. And every time I travel, I always seek out really great food experiences. And so my Twitter account, outside of things about social is almost always all about food. And so that's one of the reasons that my gig is really cool is because I love social and I love food and I get to do it for a living every day. But then that's what you also see even when I'm off the clock. And it hasn't put you off food or social at all. <laughs> no, you know, although Twitter sometimes I think is a little harder to keep up with now just because we're all in meetings more. And as of yet, I'm not burned on social, even though I've been doing it for a brand related to food for over four years. So knocking on wood that, that it doesn't burn me out anytime soon. Well, awesome. Uh, Natanya, we really, really appreciate you being here today. Nobody can ever take away this title. You are our first guest ever on the Focus on Customer Service <laughs> podcast. You. So you own that title forever. We really, really appreciate it. Great insights, really interesting discussion. Dan and I, I'm sure, could continue talking with you for several more hours. If you out there have questions that you would like uh, Natanya or either of the Dans to answer, please use hashtag F-O-C-S. That is also the same hashtag you can use to nominate other brands to appear on the Focus on Customer Service podcast. That is how brands are going to appear. They're going to have to be nominated by their customers, and that is one of the things that will make this podcast different from others. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have today. But thank you again to Natanya. Dan, any parting words? Otherwise, we will see you next week. Let's just hope that Natanya is our first guest and not our last guest. <laughs> that would be very good. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by Social Media Today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS and follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at DGingus and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.